Hello and welcome to the Buying and Selling Businesses Show. Phil Jepson. I'm a serial entrepreneur and I'm the founder of UK Business Capital Partners. We buy, partner with and invest in businesses to help them achieve their potential. Today I'm going to be talking to Paul Fielding. Paul is a leading wealth advisor. Paul works with Bruin Dolphin who in turn are one of the UK's largest wealth managers. Paul specialises in advising business owners and entrepreneurs about how to deal with their money, either on retirement or when they're exiting their businesses. Paul can be a significant factor in helping deals to happen because what he can do is help advise the person selling the business about how best to structure the deal from their point of view, and also get them to understand what they actually need to get out of the deal, as opposed to what they might think they want to get out of the deal. Those two things are not necessarily the same. And actually the key thing is to get things set up so that the person selling the business can actually do what they want to do with the rest of their lives. areas that I I hadn't thought about really before but it's come into focus a bit recently is this whole thing about when people are selling businesses and the types of advice that they should be getting in terms of dealing with the money and the fact that I'm sure a lot of them don't and the sort of difference that that can make not only to what happens to them afterwards, but also to the transaction itself and even the chances of a deal happening. So that's why I thought when, when I came across you on the Made in the Midlands, in the Made in the Midlands group, I thought you'd be the ideal person to just talk talk a bit about that. Thank you. <laughs> that's yeah. obviously your your space. To begin with, tell me a bit about, about you and how you come to be where you are and also a bit about Brewing Dolphin, because I, I saw from LinkedIn you've been there since 2001, I think. Yeah, yeah, so quite a long time now. Um, yeah, coming up to the 20 years. Um, and previously, I used to work for um, an older stockbroking firm as well, so your traditional old stockbroker. Um, and at Brewing Dolphin, we've, we've kind of morphed from stockbrokers into wealth managers as, as we yeah. call it now so okay yeah. so the background yeah. of the business was actually stockbroking originally yeah yeah very okay, much interesting. so yeah yeah, yeah. so it's um you know there used to be a corporate arm to it as well which is no longer no longer with us but um yeah the company itself i mean we've uh, it, it's it's grown and grown and just got better and better over the years since i've been here it's um you know we manage a hell of a lot of money now for a for, you know hundreds of thousands of clients um so there's lots of expertise up and down the country um and and you know the area that i uh now specialize in is um 
is is business owners and entrepreneurs so uh, and people who are running businesses basically um yes this is a very different market to your traditional um clients that we that we look after um for, for numerous reasons really they're you know we've your your typical uh, client of ours will be you know uh, probably pensionable age um mm. you know they'll have built up their um funds to work towards that retirement over you know over the whole working life yeah. um that's that's our typical type of client um whereas a business owner or, or entrepreneur somebody who runs a business is very, very different because they're focused in a very different way um and and it's understanding that 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 um and, and and it's the interesting it to be honest with you i'm really quite interested in people's businesses it's 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 good fun finding out about them yes um yeah it is actually i i that's a big thing for me regardless yeah. of getting any transactions out of it it is just that process of understanding all these weird and wonderful yeah. different kinds of businesses and what makes them tick yeah. and the people who own them as well and i'm, I'm well, yeah, that's absolutely right. What makes the people tick? Certainly, you know, the, a lot of people are very much cut from the same cloth who run business. You've got to be a certain mm. type of person to be able to deal with the pressure. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I find when I do talk to people is that, and it's virtually every single person who runs a business says it, it's it's very lonely at the top. There's mm-hmm. Yes. There's there are very few people to talk to or run ideas by. Um, and that is something I'm very conscious of. I, I, you know, I'm not a corporate advisor as such, but I try if I can, if I've got an insight into, you know, something, you know, give them another idea, then I will very much yeah. try to understand that business to try and help yeah. them if I can. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and, and, and as you know, as you know, in a business world, you build up more and more contacts over the years as well. And it's that type of thing, you know, Oh, I know, I know a man who can. I know a woman who can yeah. who can help you out with this. Yeah, um, and uh, that's really really helpful as well. Just yeah. knowing people, the networking, it really helps. Yeah, I think for any type of advisor, being able to connect people with other people is a big part of the value that you add. I mean, obviously you've got your own ex- expertise and experience, but that network is incredibly valuable. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I mean, I get. Um, I do get a lot of um, young businesses, um, you know, come come and talk to me, um, and you know, but but ninety percent of the time it's about funding. They're looking for for money, yeah. Um, yeah. which is quite understandable. Um, I mean, that's a different subject completely. It's such a minefield. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. As, as you know, but it um, it's nice to be able to um, to point them in the right direction. Or you know, mm. I, I I may know somebody, or I may even make them think a little bit differently about what they're trying to do, what they with, with their um, with their ideas. Um, I, 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 as I say, the, the startups are brilliant. I love it because that's the point where they're all excited and this is all fresh. It's uh, they're they're the people where I I, I I most enjoy talking to them because I think yeah. you know, this this person's going somewhere, you know. Mm um that's that that's what i really like yes yeah yeah i mean most of the most of the businesses i'm looking at and talking to are i suppose at the other end of the scale from that they're the mature businesses that i mean in some ways the least spectacular but 
they can offer, they can still offer incredible potential for growth. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, you get businesses go through a phase, through a journey, as far as I see. Um, And a lot of that does obviously revolve around the person that owns the business or the person that's Mm. running a business. And I think that, you know, it's it's so difficult in the early days to get things up and running. And then you tend to find businesses once they're through those early days, you know, let, let's face it. A lot of the businesses fail. They, yes. they do. That's, that's quite a common thing, but most, um, if you're a true entrepreneur, I've found that it doesn't matter. You'll pick up the reins and try and give it another go. And at some point, one of those businesses will take effect. They will then go through that second phase, which is like the growth, trying to push it up, um, and then it comes to the point where they can either take it to the next level, um, which again takes a lot of effort, almost startup-like, or sell it on. Um, yeah. And when we see a little bit of both, um, it's, it depends on the the desire and how much how, whether you want to take it up to that next level, because it is a lot of work um, involved in it. Um, what we're hearing and what we've seen a little bit of because of what's been going on in the world um coronavirus etc and people are starting to think a little bit differently about their own life um which is sometimes the thing that a lot of people forget about there are people behind these businesses um and they've got their own lives outside of work and i think covid has certainly brought that home to roost to people they're starting to think um do i really want to be doing this slogging my guts out for another i don't know however many years when you know what i could have a comfortable living now i could have a very comfortable life now if i was to sell the business right now yeah yeah Um, and we're seeing that a little bit more and more to be honest yeah right interesting Um, yeah because you kind of i kind of expected that might be the case there's there's a bit of what you've described and also a bit of if the business has been affected by COVID, they look ahead at all the effort that they're going to have to put in to kind of dig it out the other side. And, and again, think, do I really want to go through that? Um, I suspect though, some of them worry that they might not get a good deal right now. This thing of this is not the time to sell because we're not doing so well right now. Yeah. Um... It, well, there's a lot of factors that go into it. There is obviously, you know, people are going to be thinking that, well, what was it worth before all of this? What could it be potentially worth after if we mm. bring it, you know, if we get it to a certain level again or bring it back again? But it's also, um, you know, it's worth uh, considering. We, we, we say this to a lot of people is, and it's coming back to this humanizing it in the background what is it that you actually want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? And what do you yeah. need to actually do it? Um, because you, yeah, I, I, again, this is another thing I've come across a lot of times. You, you might, uh, let's just take a, a, a an owner of a, of a business who's been running the business for 30, 40 years, their life work, they've put their heart and soul into it. They're considering a sale because 
at the end of the day they're tired they've yep. been doing yep. it forever yep. um and uh they in their own mind have got a value of that business it's uh it's a it's yep. a certain figure yeah they will then go and get it valued by yep. an expert such as yourself or, or you know yep. and um that valuation will be i don't know lower than they were expecting sometimes half sometimes more um lower than they were expecting and and stubbornly the answer will be um i'm not selling and they'll dig the heels in and therefore carry on slogging the guts out for another 10 years and not enjoying putting their feet up on the beach like what Mm. they want to do yeah when what we do is one of these where it's kind of like it brings brings it a little bit of realism into it it's kind of like well how much money do you actually need mm. now we're not trying to yeah. undervalue their businesses by any means no. um it, it, yeah yeah it's it's what you actually need to do what you want to do with your life mm. um yeah and yeah. yeah this is one of the key reasons why i was interested in talking to you actually because i've heard this expressed elsewhere yeah um and my experience so far is that people, business owners, struggle to get it beyond that number, yeah. that headline number. I want a million. And when you say to them, just explain to me why, why it's a million. And the answer, the answer is often what you've said, which is, well, I've put 20 years, 30 years, 40 years into this business. Unless I can get a million, what have yeah. I been doing it for? Yeah, and they don't go on and ask that those questions, which is, well, what am I going to do next? And in order yeah. to do that, what do I need? Because you, in reality, you probably don't need a million. Well, I mean, I, I, well, it, it all depends on uh, on on what they want to do. You know, it yeah. depends on what they're. You know, let, let's let's face it. it, it again the size of the business the value of the business what you do with your current lifestyle what uh, you know as i say we, we do a thing called cash flow modeling which is not new it, you know it, mm. it will have been you know a lot of a lot of firms such as ours do it um but it really does it's really really useful for people to to undertake because you can work out based on what their current assets are what they will potentially sell the business for how long that money is going to last them for um if they do certain things with that money um what what could it potentially do or what should it do based on previous you know what's what's happened previously in in the world um and and also what might they want to do so you know in the first couple of years after retirement or after selling the business you know i want to go on i want to go around the world I, i want to put the grandchildren through um through through college through university uh, can I afford to do that? I want to buy myself a Lamborghini, <laughs> as we've had said to us before, you know, or something a little mm. bit more modest. Yeah. Um, and you can build all of that into the cash flow, and all it does is it just brings it home. You know, do you actually yeah. do you actually need yeah. that much? And, and most people, in all honesty, they find that um, they they actually don't. I mean, very occasionally it goes the other way. Um, in all honesty, where they, uh, you know, uh, it will turn around that actually they can't afford to do it so it's a good wake up call for them to say yes you actually do need to do a little bit more to get the business where you want Mm. it to be to do what you want um 
So yeah, it's very, it's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. But we, we yeah, as I say, we see it a lot. Mm. So in your experience of people who have owned businesses, I mean, the, the two types of people I come across a lot are firstly, the people who just want to retire because they're now in their 60s or 70s. They've just got to that age where they want to retire. And the other sort of person is the one that's hit the ceiling. You know, they've run the business for a while. They may not be that age yet, but they just feel they've taken it as far as they can. They can't break through. And after a while, they get frustrated and just decide they want to go on and do something else. They, they tend to be the two types of people that I come across. Yeah. From your point of view, how how often is it that you come across people like that who've actually thought through the next phase and what they want to do in any sort of detail? Um, yes, we do. We do come across them. Um, and... Uh, you, you tend to find that they will they will sell out. Uh, you know, if, eventually they'll they'll come out of it. I think for their own sanity more than anything, because mm. you tend to find that they, when you talk to them, they look more and more stressed as you go along um, when you're talking to them. So they do eventually, but then you do find that they end up turning up elsewhere. They they will okay. you, they will yeah. you'll, you'll it, it's almost like um, as I said earlier, it's like this serial entrepreneur entrepreneur thing. Once you've mm worked for yourself or uh, yep. that you tend to not be able to work for somebody else i mean i'm yep. not saying that's true with everybody but yeah with the vast majority that i talk to um they they're almost serial entrepreneurs yeah the retirement type scenario i mean often People by the time they reach that stage, if their business has been reasonably successful, then you know they'll have paid for their kids through school and university. They may have the holiday home already, but they may not have really planned things beyond the sale of the business. Um, yeah, is this, that a this is this is why. Yeah, yeah. This is this is why um, we we always say that it it. it it's good to have somebody like us involved um, as early as possible. You know, this is why when I say to you about, I'm not kidding you, talking to people at startup point, because um, it's very, very easy um, uh, for a business owner um, to get so entrenched in their business that they forget about themselves. They completely mm. forget about themselves. So they build up all this lovely wad of cash within the business um, and they're not really looking after themselves in the mm. way that they should there's yeah. certain things that they can do as they go along which are good for both them and the business so you know make sure you're funding your pensions at the very very least do that the amount that will come across where they've got you know a, a business that's got pot loads of cash um, sat in the bank and um, they're, they're not even funding their own pension uh, which is a cost saving to both the individual and the company. Mm. So it's just yeah. simple things like that they should be considering. Um, and then, and then also, you know, how they structure in the business, uh, how they how they structure things. So there's 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 ways that they can, um, uh, you know, things that they can do in terms of the shareholding, which will save them cash. I mean, if you if you think that um, one of the uh, 
one of the advantages of of having money within a business is is you know the tax rates as a, for an individual so you you hold a business uh, that's worth x amount of money uh, you sell it you take advantage of the very low rates at the moment by the way mm. of, of entrepreneurs relief 10 percent, and then sadly you get run over by a bus the next day right but all of that cash is now in your name and not in the business's name that's another 40 percent tax potentially in inheritance tax so yes. it's about thinking about how you structure that okay. deal so yeah. that you can not not a, not you know i'm not saying tax avoidance this is all legitimate things that you can do to protect yourself and to protect yeah. your family. Okay. And if, it, um, if it's, so reached, it's things like that, the earlier that we get involved, the better. Yeah. Okay. But if the situation is what I suspect is probably more normal, which is not a lot of planning has happened so far, and we're getting up to the point yeah. of, of a transaction where, you know, there is, you know, commonly there could be half a million pounds changing hands on the day of the deal and then maybe as much yeah. again or sometimes even more coming over the next two three four five years in deferred payments at that if it reaches that stage is there much that you can do to help them to mitigate tax at that point oh well you know there's there's various things that you can do um i've mentioned the the pension idea before but then there's also as well about how you distribute the capital uh, as well uh, so very often you know there's the there's the use of a spouse for example mm. that you can bring in there and use their tax relief so i'm not saying with the shareholding as such they've got to work for the yeah. business or you know mm. um it, 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 although a lot of them do when I mean, it comes into your own name you know should be yeah they do yeah with the small businesses but um it's uh, you know but there are certainly things that can be done um and there's various investments you can make as well um out, out, outside of the pensions um it's yeah it, it's always a it's always um I, I suppose there are things that can be done but not as many as you can do unless you do it earlier on as yeah. mad as it sounds it's yeah. it, it's yeah. um the, yeah. the sooner that somebody like us is involved the better but there are mm. things you can still do um certainly even yeah. at the late late stage of the deal mm. yeah i mean from what you've said it, it sounds like you can you can add value if you get involved at the point where the deal structure itself is not set in concrete oh yeah absolutely absolutely um there's, there's there are a lot of times where we will get uh we where, where people will put us in touch with a business after it's happened um and it's you know not not frustrating you just wish that you got hold of them beforehand um so yeah because <laughs> yeah, you could have they could have done something slightly differently um yeah. that, that would have saved would have saved them money um yeah. and okay you know and the complexity of it afterwards as well um so yeah as i say whatever whatever stage it's at the sooner the sooner that we're a, a business such mm. as our, ours is involved the better i mean yeah. the idea is is that you know in a, in a way it's it's about us we're kind of the man in the middle we're not we're not there to be the corporate advisor we're not there to be the buyer or the seller we're there to advise the individual in the background as, as i said it's kind of like the the personal finance director yeah. of, of the whole 
whole thing and we're not our our intention is not to step on anyone's toes it's to to help it along mm. in the best most efficient way as we can yes uh, yes go along but it i can see some potential win-wins there though because i mean as the thing about buying businesses certainly my approach to buying businesses is it's not it's not a zero sum game it's not an i win you lose or you win i lose yeah. situation depending on how we do it we can actually do things that help everybody win yeah it puts the seller in a better situation potentially from a tax point of view but maybe also makes the because of the structuring helps the buyer because it may may create a scenario where the, the more is paid after the day of the deal yeah so yeah. so there's less financial stress on the buyer and the business at the same time as getting a better deal for the seller yeah there's lot i mean there's as you know there's lots of structures to how deals are done um and 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 these days if you're being completely honest it's very rare where it's just a complete buy on day one you know mm -hmm. it, it's very rare where you will get the full capital amount that you've yeah. agreed on the on on the day of the deal yeah. it yeah. usually works as a over three years over four years I, I mean i've got one recently that went through and it's over seven years mm. um i'm not saying that's for everybody but it it, it works for him because it, it it's got skin in the game for a longer time and the and the incremental yeah. payments yeah. are higher if the company does well um, well and that's yeah. yeah and i've seen some structures like that where mm. it's not a it's not necessarily, I mean, in my case, not necessarily an earn out because you don't need the seller to do anything. But if you've got someone saying, look, my business, my business is really worth more than the historic accounts are suggesting because over the next two years, it's going to grow massively. Then a structure like that that says, okay, well, if it does, then I'll pay you more. You don't have to work for yeah. that. But if, if all, if everything you say turns out to be true, then it's fair that you should get more for it and that can again that's yeah. that's a good what's, example what's, of a win-win interesting really. about this yeah well what's also interesting about that type of thing is is from from our point of view from the from the wealth manager the wealth advisor point of view is is then we can because because you know the way that we do things is we're there there are no two people that are the same the, mm. every every single person or family it, it's bespoke situation so you can start working out uh, particularly if you know that payments are coming what the best plan of approach you know line of approach to go with 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 these extra payments how how do we accept these into their investment wealth um which which potential wrappers can we put them in because um, mm. there's all as you know there's all sorts of aspects to personal financial planning and the rules change quite regularly um mm, yeah so you have to be on the ball with what's going on um and 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 and, and how you change it at the end of the day there's there's two there's two things with financial advice um that um, a lot of people don't realize so you start off with a baseline i.e what you've got and there's two, there's a two-pronged approach one of them is you need to get the value of that up so buy the investments that you make in, in whatever you're investing it in be it stock market investment or, or whatever and then there's the other side which is how do you stop money going out the back end so in other words what structures you can can you put in place to save tax in the most efficient way as possible and again i you know i have to reiterate it's not tax avoidance it's things that are legitimate that you can do it's very simple things even just 
doing your ices you know the amount of people that don't use that you the government don't give you many tax breaks they allow you to put twenty thousand pound in each a year into a into a, a tax efficient structure use it if you can afford it it's very simple tax planning yes yeah absolutely absolutely so okay so with tax planning in mind let's just come on and talk a bit about taxes obviously at the moment okay in the uk capital taxes are lower than income taxes and within that there's this particular ex whatever you want to call it area of entrepreneurs relief which is you know, very generous at 10 percent, and over time different people have uh, devised different ways of taking advantage of that some of which have now been shut down but it's still there up to a million pounds um lately there's been a lot of rhetoric political rhetoric about capital taxes and what might happen to them in the near future um just interested to get your take on firstly how real that is and and then secondly you know if they're going to do something what do you think is most likely Um, and then you know and how do if i'm a business owner right now faced with a scenario where today i can pay 10 percent on the first million and 20 percent on pretty much everything above that what should i be doing okay um yeah so first of all the actual you know entrepreneurs really if you are quite right 10 percent um on that first million uh it's amongst the best in the world um so it's very very low tax rates for people who are selling out businesses um now um given covid um and the amount of money that uh, the government have had to pump into the economy um the the one thing that we can all look forward to uh, i can pretty much guarantee is higher taxes because it's got to be paid for somehow so you know i i and i for one you know i'm fully for that you know i i should say because at the end of the day it's been unprecedented um we've needed to bail people out um and, and therefore everybody's got to share the burden so so taxes are are going to go up in one way shape mm. or form yeah the easiest thing for the government right now to increase by some distance is capital gains tax and entrepreneurs relief is a is a capital gains tax mm. that's 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 one of the things yeah. that uh, yeah so i i you know and what you tend to find as well is is that when um that something is planned or being mooted um it starts getting fed into the media um and what have we seen over the last couple of months or so is it it seems to be everywhere capital gains tax and entrepreneurs relief uh, are expected to increase um it's a little bit like when we were going into lockdown or we were going into tears for covid 
you know, we all knew about it weeks before it actually happened. It's because they leak it beforehand. It's like it happens with every single budget now. So I, I, obviously I can't, I, I'm not going to guarantee it because I'm not a politician. Um, mm. But I suspect that both of those taxes will increase. Mm. Um, and, and, and interestingly, we are hearing from um you know from from experts in the area people who are doing lots of deals um that that more and more people are getting in touch with them um in order to accelerate potential deals that they wanted to do um now when this happens i don't know uh, i don't know whether it will be um next tax year or the following tax year after that um as i say if, if at all but I, I suspect it will be sooner rather than later um in terms of in terms of um what businesses should do um now that's a really difficult one to answer because obviously that's very personal to every business and to every business owner um now there's there's different trains of thought with this one because obviously you've got to be in a position that you want to sell the business that's the very first thing you've got to be you've got to be prepared to sell the business um but it's also bearing in mind that if you're having to pay more tax i.e let's just say it doubles right that means that yeah. therefore you in order to get what you wanted before you've got to be adding another 10 percent onto it onto that sale yeah. price um, yeah. which means more work for you uh yeah. so it might potentially be the right idea to do it now but again like i say it's it's a very personal decision on those businesses um and yeah uh, tax isn't a bad thing <laughs> it's a nice problem to have um in order to pay tax um it's a very nice it's a, it's a privileged thing to, uh, to to have to do to pay tax that's the way i look mm. at it but yes it's certainly um, in a lot of people's minds who are who have been considering a deal maybe three or four years out they're bringing it forward yeah because of this okay and from what you said uh, it was it's interesting because i had assumed from the rhetoric that i'd heard about capital gains tax that they would increase the cgt rate and abolish entrepreneurs relief but do you think that entrepreneurs relief might survive but just at a higher rate i don't know is the honest answer i, I i'm hearing a little bit of everything on this mm. i mean One final area that uh, I'd like to just talk a bit about with you, and that is business owners getting their businesses ready for sale. So if I'm a business owner and I'm, I'm saying to you, okay, Paul, maybe two, three years hence might be the time for me. Um, what are the simple things? I mean, I'm sure that there'll be some more complex, sophisticated stuff, but in terms of general rules, what would you be saying to me about the things I should be doing to my business in order to optimize its value? Yeah, um, again, a very difficult one to answer because um, all businesses are the, are different, you know, and they've all got different fundamentals. And and as you know, if you if you uh, run or own a business that things can change very very quickly this year is a classic example of that you know we went from 
seeing a number of businesses that were thinking of selling to actually change within moments of actually now this is all about survival it went completely the other way um so um there's you know it's the obvious things really uh, in my mind as to as to what businesses need to do it's your customer base you know a broad customer base um it's it's much more appealing to a buyer if you aren't reliant on that one client yeah you know as as some people are um diversity of the areas that you're that you, you you specialize in um so you know different 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 areas let's just say not not focusing on automotives and that's it solely oh yeah uh, so yeah different yeah. areas yeah absolutely key i would say is making sure that you've got the right people around you um yeah. this is a regular failing of businesses um is yeah. that they uh, business owners particularly think that they can do everything um and I'm not saying, you know, I know hiring people is costly, and but but it can it can actually pay for itself by getting the right the right people, people who are better at doing it than you, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is is the thing. So get get the right people around you, um, and and just talking to people, you know, as well. You know, three three years out, you you I I would say you want to be getting the feelers out there, um. Right. Yeah. The, the sooner the better. You know. Start. Yeah. Not 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 be shouting about it loud, but if you if you start hearing things, just talk to people. Um, I'd never. I'd also never. Um, you know, consider talking to somebody who is an expert at doing this as well. There are a lot of these um, small consultancy businesses out there. Now they are costly. Don't get me wrong, but the, you know the ones I've come across generally they're pretty good at talking to businesses about how they ramp it up to the potential mm. sale yes. um you know don't dismiss that they're well worth even if it's just an initial chat with them it helps to bring focus as to what they should be concentrating on mm. you know yeah do you yeah there, there's certain things that i you know should should a business owner not don't get me wrong everyone has to muck in at times with things but should a business owner be down on the shop floor doing mm you know doing yeah. bits well, do, on, on the shop floor when the, they should really be concentrating yeah, exactly. on running the business yeah. and strategy we all know the theoretical answer to that but absolutely yeah sometimes it's, it can be hard for people to oh com- completely yeah yeah yes. what they grew up themselves mm. yeah so mm. it's just the obvious things really mm. i would say um it's yeah. it, there's there's no great you know i, I wish i could give you a, an answer that, that was perfect for everybody but there isn't mm. one really yeah. every individual business is different yeah. um yeah yeah, which has brings us full circle to where we started, really. Which is that's part of the joy of of all of this is the fact that every business is different. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Even in the same industry, yeah. even in the same sector, the same sort of market. Yeah, yeah, different, different varieties. And, and that's what I love about this job, to be honest with you, is that mm-hmm. it's not just every business is different; it's every single person is different. They all want different things. I've come across so many different type of people the risk that they're willing to take or not mm. take, you know, the family dynamics. It's um, that's what yeah. makes this job so fascinating that there's just, yeah. there isn't, there isn't a one answer for everybody. It's, yes. it's different. Yes. And as you are. say, that's the, 
the joy and also the curse of what of what we're involved in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a curse. I wouldn't call it a curse. I, I, yeah. it's, okay. it's, it's good fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's certainly that. It's certainly that. So brilliant. Thank you very much. Okay. That. Nice. Thank uh, you. Pleasure. It's really interesting and very insightful. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's given me quite a lot to think about actually. But also, um, anyone who owns a business who is listening to this. Um, should hopefully realise that they've got a lot to gain as well by uh, speaking to someone like you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely advise um, it, whether it's whether it's um, whether it's us or somebody else. It's uh, yeah. you know, yeah, always yeah. And worth then, having, having a chat. Watching this has got you interested in the idea of investing in small companies. Then please get in touch. I'll be delighted to talk to you. Also, if you're interested in buying businesses or if you own a business that you may be interested in selling, then please get in touch. For now, I want to say thanks very much for watching and this has been the Buying and Selling Businesses show.